Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. June is LGBTQ plus Pride Month, so each week our guest will be a member of the LGBTQ horror community and will bring with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Dax Ibavin. He's a film critic and writer whose works can be found at Bloody Disgusting and on our own Gaily Dreadful. Welcome to the show, Dax. Yay. Hey, y'all. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you holding up? How are things going? Oh, you know. <laughs> Boy, do I. Just, <laughs> just great. I'm really excited. Um, you know, this is like the only thing that was getting me through my day, <laughs> especially today. Aww. I mean it. No, I really no, mean it. No, it's been a really um, weird couple of days. Yeah, we're we're filming this on uh, filming this, recording this. This is not being filmed that I we're know not. of. Um, <laughs> What's this camera doing here? Oh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, we're recording this on the first day of Pride, and it has been quite a weekend, quite a week, yeah. quite a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a uh, lifetime, if yeah. you ask me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we just want to make sure that we recognize that because a lot of a lot of shit is going down right now. And uh, we hope everyone is, is staying safe and careful out there right now. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, protest if you feel safe doing it. But if you don't feel safe doing it, then just donate and speak up. Um, lift up those other voices that might not be able to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've, I have so many friends who, you know, I live right outside of Philadelphia, so they're all going to the protests and I have had some people who, you know, 
things got violent and they didn't get out in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had so many people contact me for some reason and just say like, I feel useless. What should I do? What can I do? And I'm, I'm basically telling them the same things that y'all just said, like, you know, um, you're not useless if you can't or don't feel comfortable going to a protest. Yeah. Um, you know, the first step of advocacy is knowing what the issue is and addressing it and being outspoken about it. That's so important. It's way more important than people even realize. Yeah, I agree. And I know it's like a scary time right now with the pandemic also happening. I guess so, you know, just don't be quiet. Uplift black voices, listen to black voices and call out those racists in your lives. <laughs> Please, guys. Amen. <laughs> there you go. Um, Amen. Yep. So but not to start on a heavy subject. <laughs> we have to be but like, you know, guys, we, we have to address it. Like, it's just it's important to address it, especially like within the horror community and like making sure we uplift all of the like yeah. people of color, LGBTQ. Like, I don't know. It just feels like now, especially with all of the stuff that's happened in the horror community recently, it's just like we can't be yeah, quiet about like, stuff anymore. One hit after the other, I swear. I know. It's been I don't a know while. what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> Things have been completely normal. <laughs> That's because uh, you're in the Midwest and no one can reach you. Uh, you know, as I was telling Mary Beth before we started recording, you know shit's getting bad when even uh, the Midwest is um, <laughs> rioting and protesting yeah. and there's a curfew in Omaha and they're just – it's it's – it's chaos out there everywhere. And you know that I can tell that this is a little different than normal. I mean, we just had the, the president militarizing the military. So, I mean, like deploying them, so talking about deploying them. So it's just, it's something else. But, um, before we, you know, get <laughs> too heavy, uh, how, how did you get into horror? <laughs> <laughs> nice little segue there, I know, but how this do you... This is a great segue. Terry, you, I, I have know. never seen a more beautiful segue in my entire yes. life. I need... So speaking of racism, <laughs> how I got into horror was... <laughs> speaking of it, Dax, how'd you get into horror movies? <laughs> yeah, uh, so I was actually trying to think about that um, earlier today. I know, you know, for Gaily Dreadful last year, I wrote... Beautiful a little bit article. about yes thank you so much Beautiful. yeah that took a lot out of me uh, i can imagine it. i'm so yeah. thankful you did it though and that was the edited version <laughs> like the <laughs> original one was like way deeper and i was like i i can't like put that out to people uh, but my therapist was like you can and should and i was like girl no oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> i love her though <laughs> oh she's the best. She's gonna be listening to this because she's a horror nerd. Also, Aww. oh my god! She, Shut up. Hi, yeah. Dax's therapist. <laughs> she's the greatest. Um, I don't know if I can say her name or not, but well, she knows what her name is. There you go. <laughs> she knows. We her know name. who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, I think a lot of, of people probably. Um, I know I heard Sam Weidman earlier on your podcast when I was listening. He said he was really drawn to covers. I can definitely say the same for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies, and yet I did. Hmm. So, uh-huh. yep. Yeah, because my, my older cousins, you know, they were a lot older than me. They're like 20-something years older than me. So um, they would be in charge of watching me sometimes when I was a kid, 
and they liked horror movies, so that's what we watched. Um, and my mom was mad about it, but you know, here I am. Look how I turned out, mom. <laughs> Pretty darn good, I'd so, say. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and also like horror movies just kind of go hand in hand with like punk music and hardcore music. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's like how I grew up. I was like, cool, you know, always at a show and stuff. And yeah, I was gonna you say know. you're pretty big in the in the punk scene, aren't you? Oh, big. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm not big anywhere. I'm five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm very into it. Yeah, um, I will always. You know, I listen to tons of pop music. Like, I, I would say I'm, like, super into pop music. But, um, yeah, growing up, you know, punk music and hardcore especially, like, that was my thing. And I, I'm still always at hardcore shows, you know, when shows existed. <laughs> so do you, do you remember what your first horror movie experience was? Yeah, so I was thinking about that, too. <laughs> the first movie that I can remember seeing in a theater was... The underrated classic, The Haunting, 1999. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, the yes. first one I remember. Underrated <laughs> and, classic, huh? Uh, listen, <laughs> I almost I almost picked that just to subject you to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> listen, it has problems. I'll what? give you that. Uh, no, it's, it's not great, but I love it. I do, too. Because, I 100% yeah. do, too. <laughs> Yeah, we're around, like, the same age, too, right? Like, I'm 28. Oh, yeah, I just turned 20. So I just turned 27 a couple days ago, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday. I forgot. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I forgot about you. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. There's a lot happening. There's a lot, of, a lot of things going on. Yeah, and then I remember also seeing The Others oh, in the theater. Yes. Yeah, but that was a couple years later. So in between, I don't know. I know I definitely saw, like, The Sixth Sense. At some point, I remember seeing signs in the theater. That oh, was horrific to me. me up. Yeah, right. Oof. Like I'm very afraid of aliens for some reason. I think I that's why. Say, yeah, that has to be it. Well, uh, uh, stupid story time. My fifth grade teacher, for some reason, like played the radio broadcast of War of the Worlds and like told us it was real. Oh, and he like had this thing in the middle of the room that like projected like space stuff all over the walls. So the, like the lights are out. I'm 10 or 11 years old. There's people screaming on the radio and he's like, Oh, this is happening right now. We got to like get ready. And I'm like, I'm afraid. What the fuck? I know. I should probably sue him. Right. <laughs> that's upsetting. That is very upsetting. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm afraid of aliens, but signs definitely did not help. Okay. It's, it seems like there's always like a generational thing for being afraid of of aliens because like mine was back in in the eighties with fire in the eighties uh, early nineties with fire in the sky. So like it seems that that just there's always that one movie that sticks out. For yeah, people. yeah. I, I've never seen that because I'm Oof. I'm scared. <laughs> I cried like you know how bad the fourth kind is. I cried when I saw it. I was a full grown adult when that came out. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that one. I don't think I've. Um, like, I haven't seen it either. But I also didn't see it because I I'm scared, I was scared of aliens and it looked too scary. That one isn't found footage. That's when I was younger. I don't think it's it's not it's not really found footage, but I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it exactly. It's like a weird mix. Like it's partial found footage, but mostly it's like a narrative film. I mean, it stars um, Mila Jovovich, oh, Queen. Oh. 
Yeah. I know, right? I love her. Yeah, she couldn't even save it, but it's <laughs> all right. She really tried. She tried. <laughs> she put in her best effort. So how did you um how did you get into writing? Hmm. I actually didn't expect you to ask me that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep things fresh. Well, growing up, I always carried around a notebook. Like I would just me write too. all the time. You did? Yeah, yeah, same. Me too. Why are we all nerds? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a good question. I mean, I I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons, so I, I my my nerdy was pretty much guaranteed. Oh, you might win. <laughs> but yeah, I, I carried around a notebook. I wrote a lot of like poetry, and you know, I always played music. Like we talked about before, I was very into punk and stuff, so mm-hmm. I was always in bands. So I would write a lot of lyrics. Oh, cool. But yeah, even from the time I was like, I think I started carrying around a notebook when I was maybe in fourth grade. So from then on, I always had one and uh, what I wouldn't give to have those still. Oh, I know. In like a, <laughs> in like a fit of rage, I like threw them all out. Like one day on a whim, I was like, it, it might have been like six years ago. I was like, why? Because I kept them all the way throughout oh, like wow. when I started college and everything. Yeah. I just remember a time in high school where I uh, I had written this short story in in my notebook, and um, I was at theater practice, and I I guess I left it on the stage, and like I didn't realize that I left it on the stage, and so then like I was I was at home and I couldn't find it, and that was like the most devastating. I found it later. I mean, this has happy ending. Oh, but I was like, going to be sad. Like I was like, most... not the stage. <laughs> it was like the most devastating thing for like the day. Because I mean, you know, I got home and I'm like, I can't find it. And everything's closed. The school was closed. And I was just absolutely panicked until the next day when it was luckily still there. But yeah. And like how panic stricken were you when you realized that if somebody opens it, Oof. they're going to like, oh, I know your brain. I know. No, thank you. Yeah. No. Uncool, too. I've had people do that to me. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, listen, I promise there's nothing in my head that you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing interesting in there. Like, you were better off before. I guess to get back to your question. Uh, <laughs> um, so I started writing about horror specifically maybe in 2011-ish. Okay. I had taken a film class and everybody in the class... Uh, thought that I was a film major. I'm not. I'm a psych major. <laughs> um, so I was like, dang, maybe I like know stuff. Because <laughs> I've always been like very obsessed with horror movies. And I'm sure we'll get into that. I started a like a blog like on Tumblr. Oh, okay. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> right? R.I.P. They ain't dead. They just suck. <laughs> I know they keep sending me messages like, why aren't you, haven't you been to your dashboard? And I'm like, you know why. So you uh, you were writing on, on Tumblr. How did that transition to writing for Bloody Disgusting, which is amazing? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Yeah. So I just uh, wrote like kind of shitty reviews on my blog for a while. They were a little too formal, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like college essays, like how I was writing them for my film class. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I started like, you know, just trying to work on that. I actually published first in um, Philly Gay News, which is oh, a, okay. yeah, that's like a newspaper around here. It's like all LGBT, um, you know, staff and, you know, kind of their perspective on current events. Cool. Um, I, I did that, their like online version. And then I actually pitched to Andrea 
at Rue Morgue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, I she actually was, like, willing to, like, give me, uh, like, uh, what you call it? You know, the things where it's, like, you post them all the time. What's the word? I'm a fucking writer. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. A column. God damn it. A column. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen. It's been, a, it's been a while. It's been, it's been a uh, month. Two months, a oh year, whatever. <laughs> I didn't, like, give you guys any help with that one, though. I'll take the blame. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it was pretty ambiguous. <laughs> so I had um, pitched her, like, a column about um, B-movies. Oh. And then, and she was like, cool, we could do that online. Then my aunt passed away, unfortunately, and I just kind of, like, stopped doing everything. Yeah. Like, I, I was just done for a while. And then, like, it's so weird how things happen. So there was this girl that I, like, grew up with from, like, elementary school on, and she would always message me and be like, do you have any, like, good horror movies? You know? I want to watch something. And unfortunately she also passed away and that was later the same year. And that kind of like woke something up in me. And I was like, I feel so horrible right now. And the only thing I can think to do, like as soon as I found out, the only thing I could think to do was to write about a horror movie. So I started doing that again. And then I pitched to, I think, I think it was John Squires first. And he was kind of like, Hey, these are pretty decent. You know, let's post something like of a video on demand kind of review mm -hmm. and just kind of went from there. You know, I, I, I was harassing Brad for like a long time. <laughs> he's probably very glad that I stopped. <laughs> uh, he's a good guy though. Yeah. He's awesome. Oh yeah. They're, they're both great. I, I just. I can't thank either one of them enough. So, Terry, do we want to talk about what we've been watching recently? Heck yeah. Cool. What have you been watching recently? Okay. Well, um, <laughs> listeners know I've been, I've been digging through my stack and um, of like backlog. And so the movie that uh, I watched this weekend, one of them, um, is a movie that is called The Dorm, the Dorm That Drip Blood. It's also known as Pranks. And I it's love also that known title. as Death Dorm. It has gone through so many different names. I think it was something else before it was Pranks um, as well. Uh, and it's it's a movie that was put out by uh, Synapse. And okay. it's restored from a cut that was thought to be lost for 35 years. And so the cut that they have on the on the Blu-ray is called Death Dorm, not the house, the dorm, the trip, blood. Um, <laughs> and like, it's... Um, it's a very low budget film. Um, it's a 1982 slasher and okay. it's by two people that saw Friday the 13th and were like, Oh, we let's do one of those. Um, <laughs> cool. and it's, uh, it was filmed on primarily on 16 millimeter film and it's mm -hmm. very dark and grainy and it's definitely low budget. There's a lot of people just sort of walking around and then, getting murdered um but it's about this it takes place over christmas and this group of four people um instead of going on a skiing trip are helping tear down a, or like renovating a 
building before getting stuff out of a building before it gets renovated in like a few weeks or something it's it's a really uh kind of nebulous uh setup but in the span of like three minutes one of the girl's fathers gets his face bashed in with the nail bat her mom gets garroted and then she gets placed behind a car and run over this is all within like like a three minute span and that's the first 17 minutes of the film (laughs) wow and yeah and it's um you know it uses night and dark very effectively the lighting is very sparse and naturalistic i think that's probably because they were filming on the weekend at night so like they didn't really have a whole lot of you know time to set up shots but it kind of works in its favor um it's it has a very uh unexpected ending okay i will i will just throw that out there um <laughs> it is not it is not like any other slasher ending i had, i think i have ever seen did you um, enjoy it it was good um okay. it's definitely low budget okay. um i kind of lost the, the track of all the characters because a lot of times they're just like walking around and i was like what wh- where where are they going now but um it was it was okay it wasn't it wasn't as bad as i was afraid it was gonna be but um and the ending is is just i think the ending is is kind of worth it at least for a watch okay I have a question. Yeah. So I've heard of that movie before. Could you not watch it for like 35 years? Because I've never seen it, but I didn't know that you couldn't see it. Um, well, I think there was like, uh, I think there was like a VHS cut and like maybe a DVD, but I know, I don't know if there was a DVD. Um, I know that like they, ed- they like edited it down um, substantially because it was on the video nasties list for a while and they had to cut stuff out to get, to um revert to not get an x rating in the in the united states so like i think that you know with all the editing going on that they thought that the original cut of the film that wasn't edited was lost does that make sense yes so i think i think it was um i do see on on wikipedia that it was available on dvd in the u.s under the original title pranks (laughs) interesting Uh, yeah yeah interesting i didn't know that and like I think this cut restores like four or five minutes that were cut from it. Oh, oh that's a that's lot. Bad. Yeah. Was this like sitting on your shelf? Yes, it's been sitting on my shelf. Um, I don't remember why I, I ordered it. Maybe they were talking about it on Shockwaves, but like <laughs> I have so many, I have so many Blu-rays on my shelf that I'm just trying to like finally get through. Um, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> And then the new movie I watched um, that I really, really like that's uh, will be out by the time this episode drops is Shirley. Oh, I'm so excited for Shirley. I'm so jealous. I want to watch that real bad. Comes out the 5th, and I really recommend it. It's um about... June 5th? Yeah. Yeah, so like, it'll this be Friday. out. That's exciting. Yeah, and it's um it's really good. It is about... Shirley Jackson as she was writing the hang I think it's what's the hang a man hangs man I can't remember well I really should I don't know how to read so I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I can write but I can't read Uh, yeah don't ask how it works I I just talk into stuff and then it writes (laughs) stuff happens yeah Uh, no I'm I'm actually glad you guys were vamping because I could just find it it's a book called hangs a man and it was her second book um that she was writing and she is married to um, a man that's a professor in this uh, town of Bennington. And 
it follows she's played by elizabeth moss and it follows um a, a newly married couple uh played by logan lerman and odessa young Ooh. who logan lerman is trying I forgot to forgot about him yeah i know right <laughs> sorry if he's listening <laughs> Uh, oh my god, that'd be so funny if Logan Lerman was listening to our podcast. <laughs> it's like, shout out to <laughs> Scott for Life that didn't know where I was. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's he's trying to work at the at the at the school that the husband uh, teaches at, who was played, by the way, by Michael Stolberg. Yes, Stolberg? the dad from um, Call Me by, by Your Name. name. Uh, and he is an, he fucking made me cry. I don't like him. <laughs> I, well, he's an asshole in this. Let me just tell you. Um, oh. But like, yeah, so they move, end up moving in with Shirley Jackson and, and her husband. And all of a sudden, Rose, the young, uh, the young wife is giving up school to be a caretaker around the house. And Shirley Jackson and Stanley Hyman, the two, the older married couple are like viciously antagonistic toward each other and then like loving toward each other it has a very weird feel where it's like it feels kind of like a ghost story without any ghosts like they're sort of like the music the music is so horror movie-esque and it really accentuates the uh the tension in it because there is it's a very tense movie even though it's all about dialogue and about verbal like altercations (laughs) And it's it's really good. It's feminist as fuck. And I really can't wait for people to see it. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I can't wait. I who, can't. who directed that? Uh, Josephine Decker. Mm, I don't know if I'm familiar with She did with this that really person. awesome movie called Madeline's Madeline. That was really bizarre, but amazing. So No, I've never heard of it. I'm going to put that so on my list. Good. So I'm very excited to see what she does with Shirley, because I love Madeline's Madeline. I think you will love it, Mary Beth. Hell it's, Yeah. It's really good. It kind of feels a little witchy in parts. Like, um, yeah. yes, you're like giving all the right words. You're like Elizabeth <laughs> Moss, guy from Call Me by Your Name, ghosts but no ghosts, witches, witches. And I, I stand a vicious bitch. And man, Shirley Jackson is a vicious bitch in this. Or Elizabeth Moss. Fuck yeah. Yes, I love her. Vicious. Like she just knows what to say to like tear people down. Oh, I love and hate that. Yeah, right. It's like don't do it to me, but right. I like to watch but keep it going. <laughs> on movies, yeah. but like not in real life. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been watching. What about you, Mary Beth? So okay, for my birthday, I marathoned oh <laughs> all six Paranormal Activity movies. Yes, you did. And it was glorious. Yeah, it was a glorious day. I was like, my birthday is here. 27 is a useless age. I'm stuck in quarantine. Everything's awful. What can I do to make myself feel less awful? It was watching Paranormal Activity 1 through 6, and also my boyfriend making me steak. But, um... (laughs) Oh, yeah. I watched all six, and it was actually really fun. Yeah? I loved it. It was so fun, and, I mean... I already really loved Paranormal Activity 1 through 3. I hadn't seen 4, 5, or 6. And they, I didn't realize there were mm. six of them. Yeah. There's, yeah. Technic- there's, there's actually there, technically yeah, there's a seventh, seventh one. one, but the, that's, it, it's a Japanese like kind of sequel, but not really. It's like not within like the canon of the movies, oh. but it's like it's called Paranormal Activity 2 Tokyo Nights, and it's a Japanese version. It's a Jap- basically the Japanese adaptation of Paranormal Activity. 
No. It's seen. actually called Two Paranormal Two Activity. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Tokyo. Yeah. Oh my god. So sorry. Are you? <laughs> That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. I appreciated that. But anyway, I really enjoyed it. The only one I didn't really enjoy was the fourth one. And the second. Which one is that? Um, Does it have a was it just four? It's like the neighbor no, girl, just, right? Yeah, it's just four. It's not. It's not. Like, Maybe I have seen that one. It's like the neighbor has a creepy kid and starts doing really creepy stuff, and the kids are just. It's like creepy kid central, and it's like basically a commercial for Xbox Connect. Oh, yep, mm-hmm. I have seen that I one. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I could take or leave four, five, or six, but one, two, and three are oh, really great. So good. I'll, I'll, and I also <clears> used <throat> to watch those because um, they used to come out around my birthday. I'm born at the end of October. Oh my god, oh, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, so we would all always like go do that. Uh, me, my, my, I have a twin sister, and my mom and my aunt uh, that I was telling you about love earlier. It. Horror is a family affair. Yeah, uh, well, no, my mom hates horror movies, but she's coming around ever since I like showed her Insidious. Oh, oh interesting! How that's the movie that turned her. Yeah, and my aunt like. I mean, my aunt would pretty much watch anything that I told her to watch. We were extremely close. Okay. Um, but yeah, they thought it was, they thought those movies were so funny. Like they were those annoying people in the theater where like you're scared and they're cracking up. <laughs> I was one of those for one of those movies. I can't remember which, which paranormal activity, but I, it got to the point where it was like almost kind of in a way a parody of itself. So like anytime a door would creak open and people going, <gasps> I'm like, come on. This is yeah, like yeah. I was I was one. the person. We also know paranormal activity. The ghost dimension was garbage. Yeah, I hated that. So not I that the, was that in three D? I think it was supposed I think it to was. be. It was like it basically was like took the idea of paranormal activity, but then put a bunch of CGI in it, and it just like oh, that's like the weird Christmas one, right? Is it during like, Christmas? There's like I feel like I remember a Christmas tree. I think in I think it is a Christmas tree, and it's like this. The thing I got obsessed with when I was watching these movies was that were the houses. Yes, same. The houses were always unique. Like they definitely feel, uh, featured in on the uh, the story. From Ooh, what I remember. They're too fucking big. They're huge. Like how do, are they? So in the first one, she's it's like uh, he. I guess he's like a stockbroker or something. But she's a student. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like I just feel like every installment the house got crazier and crazier well except the fifth one i think the fifth one was more like an apartment but with like there was a lot of like very extravagantly big houses and i have a lot of feelings about how these are like these perfect beautiful houses that represent the american dream and then like the domestic is just completely obliterated throughout the entire film which is very interesting and i have a lot of thoughts but I never thought about it that way, but you're right. It's like they feel all safe because they're in the suburbs mm-hmm. in these gigantic houses and the ghosts or I guess demons, Toby's like, nah, bitch, mm-hmm. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so fascinating, but that was a very fun thing I did for my birthday. That rules. I know, it was, a gr- it was great. And then I also literally 15 minutes before recording this podcast, I finished a movie called Webcast, which is a found footage movie. Surprise, surprise. I it's on Amazon it's on Amazon Prime and it's I heard of it and it just like out of kind of like popped up on my feed for Amazon Prime and I decided to watch it. It is a fucking found footage British folk horror. 
What? And it is the best. Uh, so, yes, please. I know. So I have a couple of bones to pick with, with this movie, name, though. Like, the name webcast. I know. I was just thinking that. The name, it's, it has, there's like a little bit of a web, like a webcast aspect to it, but it's not, it's not like about really live streaming and the cover is just completely ugly and not representative of all at all of what the movie is. I'm looking at it and this is a cover I would have just kept scrolling past. I need to see. It's so weird, but it's so good. It is found footage folk horror. Wow. Let me take a look. Oh boy. It is a terrible cover. That's real bad. I'm almost like wondering if I'm looking at the wrong thing. (laughs) <laughs> you're not so okay so the film is about this girl chloe and her friend ed who are making a documentary about the disappearance of her aunt amelia and it's it takes place in britain or in england and so it's her documenting like trying to like ask questions and like kind of build a story around her aunt amelia and in the process of filming it they they kind of get caught in between like a girl escaping from the neighbor's house and running into them. Oh. And then they're basically told, oh, she's a drug addict. Don't worry about it. But then they kind of keep digging and they dump, they kind of stumble into this like crazy cult witchy situation. And wow. it's real good. It's oh, my favorite thing. It's real creepy. <laughs> it's real good. And I wish the cover and the name were better because webcast is the name of Chloe's show on like live streaming show, but it's barely, it's oh. like not in the movie very much. And like it doesn't. Did she your... seriously name her webcast? Webcast. Her last name is Weber. <laughs> I. I mean, like right. I, I know, but like her last name is Weber, well, so webcast. But like the name of it just it makes no sense for the movie. And it well, even like <clears throat> talking about like SEO, like come on, at least put two B's right, in it. Come on, twenty twenty. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Twenty fourteen. People don't know about this shit. I mean, there's <laughs> his oh, name, if the name is if the name is Weber, you know. Put two Bs. I can't. I'm I'm choosing to let it go. Good. See? But just know that I'm mad about it. <laughs> I'm going to let it go, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I so it is it's from oh, it's from twenty eighteen. I lied, then there's no excuse for that. Um but I just I really enjoyed it. It was really surprising because I thought it was gonna be another like, oh, like live cams finding death. But mm-hmm. it's witches and creepy folk horror and it's so good so i very much enjoyed that one and recommend it to everyone who might see it on amazon prime and think it looks like cheese and it is not cheese it is very good i mean you sold it to me thank you under the customers who watch this item also watches butterfly kisses is there i've also seen that i know you have we talked about oh, last yeah, you week. were talking about that Hot fucking butterfly kisses it's like i don't think <laughs> about it and then it pops into my head i'm like oh Dude, I fucking wrote down a note when you guys were talking on the last podcast um, with Sam Wyman, because when you were explaining that, that really sounded like um, Doctor Who to me. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. With like the the angels. Yeah. Oh, do, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. 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 The, that's um, like the same concept. Yeah. So someone's getting sued is what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> but they don't have the creepy eyelashes. You don't know. Have you ever been close to That's one? That's a very good point. I appreciate that. You're I haven't. So I also see that. that they are recommending the butcher possessions, which looks like another terrible. I haven't. Cover. Yeah, I keep getting that suggestion, and I was like, I don't. I think that one might not be very good. Oh, um, it's only an hour and ten minutes. Sometimes you can make an exception, and sometimes you just don't really want to. Um, <laughs> but so, Dax, what have you been watching, listening, enjoying recently? 
Well, I don't know. I've been needing like a mental break. Wait, real quick. Would y'all mind if I like ticked off the list of these notes that I wrote down? Because some of them I think you'd want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First, I, I guess I wrote down what my first movie was <laughs> that I watched. <laughs> it was at home. It was Rocky Horror. Oh. oh. Yeah, that was on in my house when I was a little kid. But that was obviously at home. You know, I'm not a time traveler. Or are you? Well, listen. <laughs> uh, I also wrote down saxophone, the gayest instrument. Yes. Um, <laughs> because continue, I also... Continue to, to explain that. <laughs> I also played the saxophone growing up. Hell yeah. Yeah, I didn't know oh, that wait, about wait, you. Wait, that the saxophone rules. is the gayest instrument. Right? I was in a ska band, too. Oh my god, that's amazing. I know, that's such like a... That's fucking cool, I, though. <laughs> is it? Mm. I think it's cool. Whatever. I was. I was the lead singer, and um, <gasps> I played alto sax. Hell yeah! That's so fucking yeah. cool! Yeah, it was like a ska punk band, obviously. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Because if things are like too happy sounding, I don't know if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I also wrote down MySpace songs because I wanted to know what your MySpace songs were. <laughs> oh, no. That's like a need to know. Oh, I, no. I'll tell you mine. Mine Don't was, know. I remember having Bad Romance by Lady Gaga on there. Right. And also, I remember having The Smiths on there and Womb Envy by Paint It Black which is a hardcore band out of Philly over here. Huh. Mine probably That's was a good some mix. A good random mix. Nine Inch Nails song. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, like, that's probably what it was. I honestly don't remember. I never... I was not Liar. cool enough for my... No, I was not cool enough for MySpace. Like, I, I had an and account, but I was I like... Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, what is this social media like? I, you know, it was just, it was at that age where, you know, for... Yeah, well, that's true. You know, a lot of people are, are now, you know, growing up with it, whereas, like, I was, like, an adult, and I'm like, I don't understand what this is. What is MySpace? What is a Facebook? Like, I didn't know... <laughs> oh, like, so I you think of, you're better than us. I do. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. No. Just kidding. <laughs> I was out of college and everything when Facebook, you know, took off, and I'm like, what is a Facebook? I don't understand what this technology shit is. I still don't is. know. <laughs> if anyone wants to tell me, just let me know. Um, my MySpace oh. song was either Hello Seattle by Owl City. Okay. I don't know that one. Oh, boy. Owl City was my shit for a very long time. I'm trying to think, what was their big song? that Fireflies, like Fireflies, right? Yeah. Fireflies, I was, yes. like, super into them. I was really into them before That's they were song. cool. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> After my hipster so cool. heart. So cool. And then I, would, I had uh, Sufjan Stevens. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. And Andrew Bird. Let's cry together. Literally me <laughs> sitting at home on my computers weeping, but not really understanding why I was weeping at Sufjan Stevens. Like, <laughs> knowing in my heart that it was sad, but like not kind of getting it. His little whisper ass voice <sighs> gets you every time. It's like, just yeah. say what you're saying. To be alone with you. Wait, yeah. Sufjan, are you here? Sufjan, he's here. <laughs> I summoned him. He, is, he has um, possessed my, my corporeal form, and I am speaking for <laughs> Sufjan Stevens. Oh, this my God. Me. This podcast is off the chain right now. We have lost control. I'm sorry. It's my fault. 
I love it. My last note was just simply, I love May. I remember watching that as a kid, too. Mm, and that yeah. was very inappropriate. Uh, I, I can still imagine. Need to, I still need to see that. You really do. Dude, it, it's so good. And Anna Ferris, like, she was my favorite part of that movie. Oh, Anna Ferris. I just, uh, I love that whole thing. Underrated actress. For real, I love her so much. Yeah. Okay, so what have you been watching, Dex? <laughs> oh, right. I'm so sorry. I, like, really needed to know your MySpace songs. I was thinking no, about I, it all day. I, I, I appreciate. I appreciate I that. wish I knew. We're just going to go with Nine Inch Nails for you. Yeah, that seems, it. It was, pre- seems pretty pretty plausible. It was either that or, like, I mean, this shows you the quote-unquote range. It was either that or it was a Matchbox 20 song. I fucking love wow. Matchbox 20. They oh, my God. My I would die concert. for Rob Thomas. Oh, my God. I would, too. He, there was one time I went to go see him in concert. And, like, I tweeted, I'm here at the Rob at the Rob Thomas concert. It was his solo tour. And he's like, well, glad you're here. And wrote back. It's like, oh, my God. I love this man. <laughs> did you die? I, I die. did. I did die. I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's yeah, I love him. Happy little gay boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I haven't been watching a lot of horror movies, okay. unfortunately, just because I've needed kind of like a mental break. I like, yeah, that re- makes total sense. Yeah, like my, my like go tos for horror movies are like really heavy <laughs> for some reason. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Me too. Like make me sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah, it's like my thing. So <laughs> I just watched all of, um, Todd Salons's like not all of them. I watched uh Happiness, Life During Wartime, and Welcome to the Dollhouse, a classic. Do y'all like those movies? I've never I've seen, never any, seen of them. any of them. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, they're so fucking weird. <laughs> What's his name? Todd Salons. I don't know if I'm saying his uh last name correctly. I hope I am. But those movies are so weird. Um Happiness is on a lot of like most disturbing lists or it used to be like in like 2011 philip seymour hoffman's in it that's all that matters wait can you repeat the title one more time for me uh that one is happiness Happiness. okay i know i've seen this this uh box art for welcome to the dollhouse i don't know if i've seen it or not but that 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 picture i know i've seen in the movie at the the yeah it's like iconic yeah yeah yeah, that that's a really good one. I think they're all like so funny. Life during wartime. This is my first time watching it, and I had bought it on Criterion, so I was like, mm. I I need to finally watch all these movies that I bought. Yeah. Um, and that one was like okay. I, I rated it like a three out of five on Letterbox. Okay. But um, happiness is like great. It's really weird and it's definitely like a pitch black comedy okay um so just go into it knowing that because otherwise you might get like offended <laughs> sweet um, it it's fucked up honestly it is really fucked up but it's great um and then welcome to the dollhouse also fucked up but dawn wiener she's so relatable and like it's just so fucking funny heather matarazzo is really great Ugh, in that i love movie. her right yeah yeah she's so great in that movie and then other than that, um, I just stress bought uh, some French horror movies. <gasps> Which ones? Tell me them. I love French horror movies. Me too. They're like my they're thing. They're the best. Yeah. Remember when I just said I like to be sad? Exactly. And like heavy yeah. movies. <laughs> show, me, show me someone's body getting torn to fucking pieces. 
Yeah. So Oops. I know I just bought Calvair. I've never oh, seen I've never that seen before. Calvair, but I oh. want to. Yeah, I, I like had to buy one. it off eBay. You don't like it? <laughs> no. I'm, oh, no. I'm in the minority of people that, that watch it. And I haven't seen it since it was like, it was on Netflix when Netflix was still like testing out their, you know, online capability. And so it was like a really shitty copy of it because like HD, what's that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I did not like it, but I know a lot of people do. It has some uncomfortable overtones. <laughs> I've which heard I mean, that. Which I mean, it's it's a French, you know, <laughs> extremity film. So yeah, yeah, I, exactly. But like, that's the beauty of those is they're so like divisive or divisive, yeah. however you say. I want to say that the horror queers covered it. I was I was listening to a podcast like within the last I don't know four or five months, and I, it might have been them, and they're talking about. It. I was like, yeah, I remember this movie because it had that awkward dancing sequence where all the men are just all of a sudden dance. Yeah, I know they Maybe talked about it on Faculty of, of Horror. I can't remember which one, but yeah, it was one of the podcasts that I... Well, <laughs> one of I'm, those. One of those. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts, though, when you see it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I'll definitely let you know, because, yeah, I've heard it's uh, very, like, there are weird overtones to it. I try not to know too much about the stuff yeah. before I watch it. Other than that, what else? There was one called... Um, I don't know how you say it. Is it like Shaitan? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, is that how you say it? I'm not sure. Yes. It, it just it turns into Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, if he if he's in a movie, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> I wish that I did not watch Irreversible. I think we talked about that before. Mm. I haven't watched it yet, but I feel oh, like, don't. I feel like I should though. I I don't know. I I you know I always tell people I'm like. It's a really great movie, but I very strongly wish that I had never seen it. Yeah. Because it is, like, beyond triggering. It's, it's like, it'll etch itself into your brain. And I know mm. I'm just selling it more. But, I was going to say, keep going. That's Gaspar Noe, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think I might be a stan of his. Oof. I didn't know. Congratulations, I, don't I know. guess. <laughs> I don't know if I am or not, like. I, I the movies of his that I like I really really like like climax. Ugh. No, Ugh. <laughs> I understand though. Honestly, <laughs> climax is it's not for me. I've seen it twice and yeah, it's still not for me. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, his movies definitely aren't for everybody. Um, there are some that like I loathe. Like I really really disliked uh, Enter the Void when I saw mm, it. Okay. Um, also I have like motion problems, so it wasn't the easiest for me to watch, mm. which is going to be interesting later. Yep. I was going to gonna say, <laughs> so good segue to what you brought today. Yeah. Uh. So what film are we talking about today, Dax? What have you brought with you? Oh, I was supposed to bring one. Oh shit! You, well, that's oh, you guys no. don't want to talk yeah, to me. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> I thought you just wanted to talk to me. <laughs> no. I thought you said you listened um, to this podcast, Dax. Come on, I thought you knew. <laughs> I thought we were on the same page. <laughs> Listen, I might have lied. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I brought the Blair Witch Project. Awesome. So, for those of you who are 
unfamiliar with the Blair Witch Project, one, go watch it, and two, um, the Blair Witch Project is a fictional story of three student filmmakers, Heather Donahue, Michael Williams, and Josh Leonard, who hike in the Black Hills near Brickmansville, Maryland, in 1994 to film a documentary about the local legend known as the Blair Witch. The three disappeared, but their equipment and footage is discovered a year later. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. (laughs) I know when I told Terry that I finally like decided on that one, he was like, Mary Beth is going to freak out. Uh I'm so excited. Okay. So tell me about when you first saw the Blair Witch Project. How old were you? Where were you? Paint us a picture. If you can remember. Yeah. So when the Blair Witch Project came out, it came out in 99, right? Mm-hmm. 1999. Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah. would have been about eight going on nine okay. years old. Um, so I was way too young to see it in the theater. Although I did just tell you that my cousin took me to see The Haunting. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the same year. <laughs> I don't remember the first time I watched it. Okay. This So The Blair Witch Project is one of those movies where it was like all the hype made you think you watched it yeah 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 it definitely was one of those yeah so i remember being like a a little kid i was a latchkey kid so i was in latchkey and this girl uh who was my age had seen it and like every single day i would make her recount the entire movie to me oh my god i remember being that person (laughs) i felt like in retrospect, I feel bad for her, <laughs> but she did it. <laughs> she was happy to tell me. <laughs> so shouts out to Melanie. Yeah. So like that, that's like my first experience with it. But then I don't remember the first time I actually watched it, but let me tell you when I did, I was shook if, <laughs> and I was shook if before, like yeah. I was, do you remember like there was that Scooby-Doo like documentary on Cartoon Network and it was like the like I don't know the Scooby Doo project, and it was like a no, a spoof. I don't remember that. Oh my god! Whoa. Yeah, so I was afraid of that. I was afraid uh... of the commercial for that. Why? It's fucking Scooby Doo, <laughs> but it was a scary commercial. No, I just valid. recently watched it's creepy. it. Yeah, and they were like running through the woods and screaming, and I was like, "What is happening?" I was afraid now. of that. Yeah. So, yeah, needless to say. So do you remember, like, specific... What about it uh, terrified you when you finally saw it? Do you remember? (sighs) Yeah. um, I don't know. Like, the whole atmosphere of this movie is... It's Mm. just so good. It's, like... It's... You really feel like you, the viewer, are out in the woods with these people and you're just so desperate, like, to get home. And you know, like... You probably never will, and you're out of resources, and you're just, like, arguing with each other. Yeah. You can just feel the tension. It's so good. Yeah, I agree with that. And stressful. Yes, it's so stressful. (laughs) Um, So I first saw this movie, I think I was, like, 10 or 11. So I would I watched it at my dad's house. I went with him to pick up his wife, and she was like, "Why is she still? Why is she in the car?" And he's like, "Oh, I showed her the Blair Witch Project." And and so the, <laughs> this movie actually has a very special place in my heart because I am from Maryland. I live in Maryland. Burkittsville, Maryland, is forty five minutes from my apartment. 
Oh my God. I didn't even fucking think about and so that. I lit, and so I grew up in Annapolis. So really close by. So I'm from Maryland, no. born and raised. So like Burkittsville is like very close by. And so that added this level of fear because I went camping every summer. Not, but the thing is like, I went camping every summer as a Girl Scout in like the woods and like northern or like northern part of maryland but because it was the woods of maryland i was convinced the blair witch is coming to get me like i almost didn't want to go to camp well obviously of I to go to camp. and like with this creepy like it was a, like this camp was like in the middle of nowhere and there's this weird like abandoned like chimney in the middle of, of, a, of a field and i was like <laughs> that's haunting as shit right and they're like probably she's I coming know. out of that <laughs> it was terrifying so it's like the Blair Witch movie eats the ring. <laughs> well, your first mistake was even agreeing to go camping. So let's start I there. I know. It was Girl Scout camp. It was fun. I got to ride horses. <laughs> True. But True. That movie, like, really shaped me as a horror fan, I think. Like, as a young horror fan. And it was a movie that I was always so disappointed about because I would share it with people and they would say it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like I tried oh to watch God. this at like a Halloween every year. I had like a horror movie night for Halloween with my friends, and I was like, "We got to watch the Blair Witch Project." They laughed no. the entire time and made jokes, and I was like, "No, how do you get like I just Kick it was out. so weird to me because there was nothing about that that I ever found funny." No, and watching no, no. they were laughing hysterically the whole time, and I was like, "That was the first time I really like." experience a kind of like weird cognitive dissonance that happens like when you think something is terrifying and really good and somebody doesn't at the same time it was like oh, it was I, awful I it was so is. embarrassing and like they weren't mean yeah. but it was like so strange it's annoying it was yeah it was just strange to me because i was so terrified of it and it had this like myth like level of myth in my head and then they watch it For and they're sure. like this is dumb i was like what isn't yeah, that stupid? I mean, this is terrifying. <laughs> that's when you tell yourself, you know, they're just laughing because they're scared. Exactly. I mean, very good point. Well, and like the thing that I'm obsessed with with this movie is like everything, but um, the sound design and like the way that it started so this good. trend of like barely showing anything and still making you so fucking scared. Like you don't really yeah. see anything in this movie. And it's no. phenomenal how terrifying the imagery, like the very brief imagery is, but also the soundscapes. Like I can't go into the woods and hear like any like the rocks sit together or anything like that without being terrified. Like such simple sound design created yeah. such a horrifying film. Um, I yeah, I, I that's one of the notes I took watching it this time was um I made sure to put on my my headphones so I was like in their noise canceling so all I could hear was the sound of the of the movie and it really it, it's what I really noticed this time around watching it is that it really puts you in that that mindset of like any kind of like branch creaking or like even the the laughter that happens oh, at God. one and point. The kids. Oh, yeah, like, it's the like kids. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's barely audible. Like, if you weren't paying attention, you might not hear and that. so, okay. Right. I'm going to jump I'm gonna jump on a rant real quick. Not a rant, but <clears throat> I love okay. found footage. I'm here for it. So this is Go why off. I love found footage, because it's a film, it's a, it's a style of filmmaking that makes you look. Like, it really makes you look and makes you work for the scares, which I really appreciate. I think it needs you to be an active and an engaged viewer. And I think that The Blair Witch was one of those films that really started that and being like, if you're not watching and listening and like really taking in the world of the film, you're going to, you're not going to be scared. But like, if you're all in and invested yeah. and just like devote your attention to it, it's amazing. And I, I so like, you know, 
I look at my phone while I watch movies sometimes. It's it's just like, you know, distractions. But like it's so fascinating how found footage movies aren't as impactful if you aren't giving it your full undivided attention. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Like it wants you to be like inter- it's like it's begging for interaction, which I love. It's not a passive experience. Like you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Um, I think most movies probably are super affected if you're not giving it your full attention. That's yeah. why I like to go to the theater because um, it just feels like when I'm at home, I cannot pay full attention yeah. no matter what I do. Uh, but you're right. Like definitely for found footage stuff, like you have to mm-hmm. yeah, pay full attention. Exactly. And that's something I just – I really like how it pushes against those kind of like passive viewing experience expectations and – it also, like, it teases you. Like, it, it builds up, makes you think you're going to see something scary, and you don't. And it kind of creates this false sense of comfort, I guess, in a way, even though you know something bad is going to happen. And, like, I, that's why, like, the Blair Witch Project at the beginning, they're just, like, three happy students, like, going to make a film, and they're, like, smoking a joint and eating snacks, and, like, it's great. And then it's just the, the degradation is also so horrifying, and just watching them slowly, like, become shells of the people we saw at the beginning of the film. Um... Yeah. And just knowing that, like, I was listening to um, an interview with Eduardo Sanchez, the director, uh, at some point, and he was saying, like, you know, those three actors, they were out in the woods the entire time, like, even when they weren't filming, and they were surviving on, like, no food. Well, and that's, like, the whole production behind this is, like, very odd and, like, a little upsetting, I think. Yeah, it's like, a little sketchy. It's a little sketchy because it's like, you know, they were three, like, non-actors that w- who wanted to be actors, but no one really knew them. And they, like, put, put them in the woods, and they each had, like, kind of an idea what was going to happen, but I guess they also hid in the woods to scare them and make sounds. Yeah, they did. And, like... There's no way they knew exactly what they were signing up for. Yeah, and the other thing I think that is pretty sketchy about the whole thing is that, you know, after the movie came out and they were like, these people are dead... Every, they were like, I don't think they told the actor. There was something that the actors like did, weren't like didn't really know about like the, oh, they extent, know they were supposed the to be extent, dead. like how long, and so, and they had, so they knew for a while they did lay low for a really long time, but like they didn't expect it to blow up as much as it did. But they also didn't see a lot of the money from it. Um, oh, that sucks. So it yeah. sucks. I just wanted to like bring that up because I know that like the history of the Blair Witch Project is like a little bit icky and like how the actors were treated afterward, but. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it could be made that way today. Like, they did it, I guess, for authenticity, and they definitely achieved that, Um, especially when they're, like, you know, the three of them are at their wit's end, and they're just like, get me the fuck out of the woods. That has to be real. It felt... You, it, there's an authenticity to that. It felt right? real, absolutely. Even watching it this time, it's like... They just want this to be done. Yeah, and then I heard... <laughs> Kill them already. They want to be out of <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah, and I heard that, like, the two guys, like, really didn't like Heather, like, in real life. And they oh, were kind of picking yeah. on her. I don't know how true that too. is. I, like, I do wonder, you? like, what is, like, a rumor and what is true, but... Yeah, but say, I've heard when she was I mean, like, if you're out there in the woods, that has to be a hard, a rough exactly, dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, the only and you, woman yeah. and these two guys. And it's I've like, heard when she was like, actually, like that scene where she's like crying, um, when they're screaming at her and she starts crying. I heard that was like real. Like she was like upset, oh but God. I don't know. Ooh, I didn't really look into it yeah. too much, but I have heard that. And that was upsetting. 
definitely couldn't go down today. That's for sure. And nor should it. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that was right. I like the end result. (laughs) Like I like the movie. Um, but you know, probably don't like psychologically torment actors. I don't know. Yeah, it's usually a pretty good call. Yeah, um, so, I don't know. I don't make movies. <laughs> Which scene in the did any little yeah did any scene in particular really stick out to you? Like watching this film again, Terry and Dex, like or any that stuck out to you, like at any point when you've seen it. Well, I kind of want to go back to when I saw this yeah. movie because oh, I want to yeah, know because you were an adult, right? I wasn't. I was eighteen when this came out, and. Okay. Here's the thing, children. At the time when I was 18, uh, you know, internet was not as big of a thing. I mean, it was in some places, but in the middle of the country where we were, um, in in Nebraska, it was not as huge of a thing. And so I remember, here's what I remember. I remember hearing about this movie, and I remember them being on, like, people talking about it, and it being considered real at the time. Yes, I remember that, too. And when it when it debuted, before it debuted, there was a show that was on Sci-Fi. Yes, the documentary called "The Curse Curse of the Blair Witch," and it was a documentary mm. about the history. This f- turns out fictional history of the Blair Witch, but it, it was made. Have you have yes. either of you seen it? No, I haven't. So not. it was made like a, a like a 1990s documentary. So like they had they had people pretending to be police that were talking about the missing uh the missing uh filmmakers. They had uh fake news reports of the of the of the people being of the of the again the filmmakers that have gone missing. They had um stock footage of like journals from like back in the 1800s um, where like they went back to the beginning of the mythos of the Blair Witch and they presented it as a 45 minute documentary about the history that was leading up to the Blair Witch coming out. And so like they even had it where it was like they had, they showed some images from the Blair Witch project um, and they were like courtesy of artisan entertainment. Like it was, everything was like made incredibly well that it felt, really real and so and that came out uh, july i want to say was like 11th and the movie didn't come out wide release until i think the 30th of that month and so there was a a period of like that time where i had watched this documentary and i was like oh my god what are we watching on 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 this in this movie is this going to be like a snuff film because like it was everyone was talking about how you know they haven't been found that this footage was found they had like the documentary dug into how they found the footage and how it was buried under um sediment and ground where like it had not been um how, how it had not been touched for years and there's no way that it could possibly be there like they went into this whole thing of like everything so that in my mind when i went to go see this movie in the theater i thought it was real i thought we were really watching the last moments of a of a person's life in the theater and i was i remember talking to my coworkers and being like oh my god the blair witch is the blair witch is real i had whipped myself into a frenzy that almost everyone around the time that wanted to that was hearing about this movie were also dealing with like this movie was the first like viral sensation it used internet for like in such an interesting way that website's still out there that has like 
the original. <laughs> so did I. And I was like, oh my God, I remember going to this at work because like that was where I got most of my internet was at work and my coworkers were like all huddled around my, my, my computer as we were watching the evidence of like the, the, wow. And it, it was this whole thing. And then I saw the movie and it, absolutely so before i even went into the movie i was absolutely terrified and then i saw the movie yeah and i just remember being so scared through the the entire thing because i thought at that point that it was real and then of course yeah i mean i I also fully thought it was real when i was a kid like and probably the first time i saw it i thought it was real too because i i had to be like a young teenager the first time i saw it yeah i fully thought it was real too so that's, um, That's something I wrote and down. It's like the marketing for this movie was crazy good. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. no way it could be be replicated today because, like, the moment anything gets out there, it's going to be instantly fact-checked, you know. But at the time in, like, the late 90s, that didn't happen. Like, yeah, it didn't exist. And so you have this website that's purporting to be real, and there's all these flyers that are, are passed around. Like, I know that they passed around at film festivals, but I didn't know anything about film festivals at the time. I just remember yeah. seeing the, the poster of, do you know, you know, the missing and the th- pictures of the three filmmakers and like, have you seen yeah. them? And like, yeah, that's so good. They had the message board on on the Blair Witch Project website where people could go on there and like it was asking, have you seen, you know, Heather and yada, yada, yada. And it was this it had created this the zeitgeist in my mind of like absolute terror. (laughs) And then, of course, like the moment afterwards where they, you know, Heather and them all of a sudden were on like. T- uh, television late night talk shows my coworkers were making fun of me fun of me and mercilessly teasing me for having built this They're up in my head. They're such liars. They thought it was real. Well, you know what? Rude. I know. Everyone did. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so like I I actually really recommend I really liked the documentary. I watched it um, okay. again uh today uh before we recorded and i i think it's a really well done mockumentary about the history like it it really does a good job of setting up uh the movie so like you go in with this kind of knowledge of like oh this is coffin rock oh this is where they were this this is where this happened this is where that happened um so i would really recommend it i i know that it's on uh one of the on the blu-ray or the dvd that came out of this movie and it also was included with itunes if you bought I think it's on youtube um, the blair witch project through them i think i watched it on there recently i found i find it a bit slow to be honest oh really i really yeah, enjoyed but, it um i mean i didn't get so you the first time you saw that mockumentary was when it first came out right yeah it was on sci-fi yeah i think that probably does change like how you feel about it i'm i mean i don't know but you know you you remember how you felt when you first saw that and mm-hmm. you were scared and like when i first saw it i was like this this is slow for me <laughs> <laughs> but i did watch the whole thing so that says something it did keep my interest yeah so going with that how do you guys think this movie is aged um i think it's aged pretty well honestly because i think what hold on i'm trying to think of what i want to say because i have like two thoughts on it i think it's aged really well i think the scares are still effective i think because it didn't rely on like a lot of cgi and it was super low budget i think it became very like applicable um and very like i don't think it really aged but then at the same time it it does date itself because i like i think a lot of fun footage does date itself in that it's so referential to the kind Mm -hmm. of technology it uses so like 
they're very much talking about like different cameras they have and like talking about switching between cameras. So like in one aspect, it literally does date itself. But I think I love that about this movie and that like it is very much a time capsule. And I think a lot of found footage movies are like th- like that. And so it still terrifies me. It still makes me nervous. Like, I think because sound design is like such a big thing for me in horror, I think it's just like, it's such impeccable sound design. And then it's used, it's like absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. I lo- yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> I agree for sure. Um, I think it, I think it's aged like perfectly. I, I actually don't even think about like when you're watching it, you know, it's the nineties because you cannot ignore the flannel. Um, hmm. yeah. <laughs> the, the like flannel to undercut ratio is like a little too high for it to be any other time period. Um, <laughs> but yeah, besides that, like, I just think, I think being fucking lost in the woods and desperate and alone don't think that has any like time you know restrictions on it i think it's a timeless thing no matter when you watch that it's gonna be fucking scary and i just think like you know those three actors are like perfectly casted i think they yeah i i liked and the dynamic between the three of them is really interesting it is and i think they definitely capture it really well Yeah, and it definitely, like, even if you were to think, like, you know, oh, it's too dated, oh, it's too this, too that, you know, they are so good in those roles. And, like, you really feel for Heather. Yeah. Like, no matter when you watch it. I want to write about this at some point. I don't think it was her (laughs) fault. No. Justice for Heather. I don't don't think so either. Oh, no, not at all. So... (laughs) So yeah, Terry, what do you think? Yeah, I want to know. Like, a how do you, quiet over how there. do you think it aged? Um, uh oh, hot take. <laughs> no, I I don't really have a hot take on this. Um, I will. There, there's a couple. There's a couple things. One, um, it, and again, it's it's because of the time period that was filmed in the the fact that it is so not high high def at all except it's like on a big screen TV for me when I was watching it, it was kind of hurting my eyes <laughs> just from a, like a, oh, a practical perspective of it, because like everything yeah. is so it's, it's very grainy and it's very like shot on video. So it, it has that. like, and when you combine that with the very, very shaky camera movements, I was a, I had a headache by the end of it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And it made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, dude. I like, when I was watching it, I was like, did they fucking add shakiness to it? Like, I don't remember feeling like this the yeah. first couple times I've seen it. And I mean, I, I remember the, I, I have, this is maybe the second, maybe, maybe the third time. I think, I think it's the second time I've seen this movie. Cause I saw it in the movie theater and then I never, I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, again. really? I've oh, seen this wow. movie so many times. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and so like, it was an experience to watch it at home but and i i honestly i i don't remember i was not sick in the movie theater i don't remember my eyes hurting in the movie theater but it it did affect me uh this time watching it like i have some friends Mm. that are very like motion sickness like they can't watch movies like this and i've never had that issue but i definitely i felt ill by the end of it yeah me too and i like deserved it because one time i tweeted like this is a couple years ago i tweeted is Blair Witch Project really that shaky or are you just weak? <laughs> and, and I was just wow. kidding. I was just kidding, but I think I did it Goblet to myself. Throne. 
I was like, man, I'm the I am weak just one now. Dex. Thanks for bringing it up, <laughs> dude. Me too. I had to take Dramamine, and it wasn't even the end of the movie. It was like midway point, and I was like, oh my god, I, yeah, I really had to. I was like, oh no, like this is terrible. <laughs> but like, like I said before, I I think the sound design is amazing, and it it especially as I was wearing he- uh, headphones this time, it like. Mm-hmm. It really ha- kept me on edge, especially the night scenes. The night scenes I thought were yes, the night scenes are horrifying. Just, just the idea of like them in this in this tent, and you know that it's sort of like the the way I feel about movies where someone is out in the middle of the ocean, where it's like you mm-hmm. there can be an attack coming from any direction. You're not having to just worry about in front of you and behind you. It's like in front of yeah. you, behind you, underneath you, above. Like the fact that they're in this tent and they can't see what's going on outside, and then the 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 creaking of the branches and yeah the kids laughing and like the ominous noises and then later when josh is yelling in pain oh yeah that's um, so scary they're very those scenes are very effective i will say that when they're running when she's running through the woods and she's like what the fuck was that i really wanted to see what the fuck was that because oh my god okay i wasn't gonna bring this up because like that is like the most terrifying moment but i still want to know what she saw so i heard (laughs) that you were supposed to see and something happened and uh they couldn't like make it work or they they couldn't afford it or something but i heard you were supposed to see like you know the blair witch it's oh, i would have liked that because the my i guess my one critique of of this film is that it does rely for me a little too much on not seeing something um mm-hmm. i i i I think that this movie is incredibly effective with the, the the sound design, like I said, the sound design and the making you strain to see something. Like I remember, even this time, I rewound that scene where she's like, "What the fuck was that?" And I'm like, "Am I supposed to see something?" And I re- I ended up rewound <laughs> rewinding it again. So like I yeah. I appreciate that, but I I do kind of wish that there was that moment. You know what I mean? That one moment that yeah. like will jolt you out of just waiting for something. You know, it's like the jump scare yeah. that never comes. Yeah, that's, that's true. fair. Yeah, um, that doesn't bother me, but um, that's yeah. definitely, you know, fair to say and want. Have you guys seen the new Blair Witch? Yes, I was going to bring that up. I was curious what people okay. thought of the new Blair Witch. Yes, I have seen it and I hate it. I like it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> I really like it. I'm not I... used to being in this position. Please, like, I want to hear everything. I just, I think, well, okay, one, I'm, like, obsessed with how found, found footage uses technology, mm-hmm. so it was really cool to see how they played with cameras. I wish they did more with the drone. Yeah, yes. I did like the drone. That would have been so much cooler if they did more with the drone. That was the one thing but, I did really like, the drone. Yeah, so I think that was, from that perspective, I liked it a lot, but I also thought it was pretty fucking creepy, and I kind of liked how it dug a little bit deeper into, like, the mythos and, like, what... Like explanations kind of of like why they couldn't find their way out so i did have a question about that because like i i really wanted to watch uh blair witch uh the 2016 sequel before we we did this i just didn't have time but yeah it i kind of remember is was this like one of the things like maybe aliens like, I was I, just thinking no, that. No, I don't yeah. think so. Oh, I totally thought that. Because remember the lights like shine through the house, the shining through the house. Yeah, like oh, it kind of. I didn't get that. Oops. And like the the <laughs> kind of like the time dilution of like you know people getting lost in in time. Kinda, yeah. Like it it 
kind of was like I, I remember thinking walking out of the theater when i saw it i was like so is the blair witch an alien dude i th- totally thought they were gonna go that route and like we were talking about before like when i saw those lights i was like no not fucking aliens not aliens you're not doing this <laughs> <Right>. to me <laughs> that that was a one time in, in that movie that i was like super scared i was like oh they're gonna bring aliens out and they're already in the woods i'm upset <laughs> But no, they never really, like, explained that. I should rewatch it because I do not remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I haven't seen it since the theater, but I remember walking out of the theater go- thinking, is this an alien movie secretly? <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. I Yeah, I don't remember thinking that. I just remember really enjoying it because I think my bar was so low. Like, I'm going to be totally real here. <laughs> I think I was just like, there's no way. And I left like, okay, that was actually pretty cool. So... And Adam Wingard did it. Yeah, I, I love do him. love him. Mom, yeah, I love him too. Boy. It's, it's so funny because like last night I did tweet out. I was like, what do people think of the sequel? And uh, the myriad of responses kind of like equates to this, our little chat. Because like Ryan Larson loved it. Joe was like, the only sequel, the sequel I acknowledge is the second one. Um, oh, I don't, I don't on. like that one either. Uh, Remy Oliver uh, at Be Free Whenever is like, I absolutely loved it. Johnny Donaldson's like fine, didn't hate it, didn't love. Some people were like, this movie is the is the best. Uh Reina JFC Doomblade, um, she was like, it's one of the most underrated horror movies for me in the recent memory. And so it's just like it was so funny in like quick succession. I was getting loved it, hated it, <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> yeah, and then Brad, like um Brad from Bloody Disgusting, he like famously said it was like one of the scariest movies of all time. Yes, he sure did. And people was give it? him such shit for that. <laughs> That is so funny. I thought it was pretty scary. I thought I it was know, too. It got on my nerves. Time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. You know that, uh, I don't know if you remember, but they do like the, oh, I'm standing right here. And like the jump scare thing so much that one of the characters literally says like, would everybody please stop doing that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my thought the whole time. I was like, you have got to stop. <laughs> uh, I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I was going to say, I need to do a brief. Do you guys like I did the second one? No. No. <laughs> I actually find, so I do, I hate Blair Witch, like the remake from 2016, right? Hmm. But I find the second one to be, like, unwatchable. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. I don't know why. Like, I just can't stand it. I've tried so many times, and I never get to the end because I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I think I saw like the last half of it and I was like, why is this a thing? Like, it's not even found footage. Why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really like it. I love the idea of it. I'm glad, it's so I'm glad that you, I'm glad that someone enjoys what it. What do you like about I it? I guess like, Joe not, likes it that too. That sounded so like passive aggressive, but I really want to know. What do you even like about yeah, it? Like, what? <laughs> like, like what? imagine I having like such it. bad taste. I know. But no, I um, do really want to know. I, I, I do think it has like, I think it has a campy sensibility to it. And um, mm. when I saw it in the movie theater, like, honestly, some of the, the twists at the end where, like, it, it plays with what they saw happening and what really happened actually did kind of, like, scare me in the theater. Oh, oh, that's cool. Cool. But I, again, it's a movie that I have not seen probably since it came out on DVD when it first came out. Okay. So, like, I, I don't. I don't know what my thoughts on it now are, but I remember really enjoying it back in the day, even though it definitely sidestepped uh, the found footage genre to be a more yeah mainstream, typical type movie. 
that's not even what I, I don't mind that at all. Like, I just, I don't know something about it, but I'm, I'm, I think that I'm usually in the minority on that. I think most people that I've talked to at least really like that one. I know a lot of gay men really like it. <laughs> and that is who I talk to. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, can I actually, I wanted to ask y'all a question. Sure. Do you have any um, real urban legends from around your way? Ooh. Oh, I'm from Maryland, so yeah. Yeah, because that's like my thing. That's part of why I love this movie so much. I mean, you guys know I'm from New Jersey. I have the Jersey Devil. I don't live... Yes! Yeah. Sorry. I yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you're like really into cryptids, right? I love cryptids. Yeah, the oh, Jersey Devil's scary. Because I, have you ever driven through... Um, no, the, the pines. Yeah. Um, I haven't driven with the Pine Barrens. I want to, though. It's like... So I, I drive through them you know, every summer all the time because I go to um the beach that way. And it is fucking scary. They are like the darkest woods that you've ever been in. And I think that's probably oh, part wow. of why I was so afraid of Blair Witch growing up. Yeah. Is because like dude, the Pine Barrens are are scary. They're they're no joke. Like you can't see shit if it's dark. Um and just, you know, you hear stories of like, you know, the KKK hanging out back there. You hear yeah. like the um, Jersey devil on top of that. It's like, what else? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you ever come up this way, like I'll take a ride with you. Hell yeah. But I'm scared. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, and have you ever, so, sorry, sorry, real quick. Have you ever it's heard okay. of the Atco ghost? No. Yeah. So that's like a really famous urban legend from around my way. And it's like um, about this kid he was like chasing a ball into the street and he got hit by a car. And if you knew what street it was on, it actually doesn't make any fucking real sense because it's like a dead end. And the house that he was supposedly like in was like really close to the end of the street. So I don't know how he would have gotten oh, wow. hit, but whatever it. So um, you're supposed to like drive to the end of the street and turn your car around at like midnight, of course, like when it's dark and then um, turn off your car but turn on your headlights and then you'll see uh, him yes like so my older cousin who as i'm telling you these stories is seeming less and less responsible um <laughs> she's the same one who would show me all the horror movies she got me into metal like um when i was way too young you know um yeah. she took like my sister and i and and my niece who was actually only a year younger than me because my brother was way older than me she took us all like to do the echo ghost thing and I'm kind of a chicken. Like, <laughs> so you like, you wouldn't think that I guess to look at me. Um, but I still like get scared of stuff sometimes. Like ask me about Tony Collette on my fucking ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep for like three fucking days, <laughs> but yeah. So when she took us to that, see the echo ghost, you know, my, my sister and my niece got out of the car we're, we're, we must be like 10 years old, like at most. Mm -hmm. And, um, I sat in the car with my, like, with my eyes closed, my hands over my ears, screaming the lyrics to, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Cause I was oh my so God. scared. I was shook. Wow. 
Yeah, I, just, I just wanted to tell you about that real quick. But yeah, please tell me. Uh, I want to hear all the urban legends and cryptids. There's a bunch in Maryland, but I think the one that's really freaky is the goat man of Prince George's County. What is that? It's half man, half goat that like roams the woods. <laughs> no. Um, that reminds me of Donkey Lady, but I don't know if that's yeah. real. <laughs> so there's that one. We have like a Chesapeake Bay monster. What's that? Supposedly. Uh, there's the Chesapeake Bay monster, Chessie. <laughs> Chessie. Um, Chessie. That's such a cute yeah. name. Yeah. It was in Chesapeake Bay, which is like Annapolis is right on the Chesapeake Bay. So I remember Chessie. hearing about that one. Um, that sounds familiar, but I have no clue what it is supposed to be. Yeah. It's like the There's, version of um, Loch Ness, right? Yeah. Aww. It's just like a giant pleosaur swimming in the bay. Cute. <laughs> As um, one does. Oh, it does. And there's a lot of, like, haunted um, asylums in Maryland and haunted oh, plantations. Oh, of course. haunted asylums. Um, I refuse to do that. I oh, don't yeah. fuck with that stuff. I don't fuck I don't with that either. I don't want to know. I don't want to find out. It's fine. You can keep it to yourself. Yeah, I, like, kind of want to know, but then mostly I'm like, I could just fucking watch it on YouTube. Like, you know? Yeah, I was like, I don't need to know. It's fine. We, I've seen too many found footage horror movies to know what happens when you go into right? abandoned asylums. So it's like, you can just keep your secrets. Yeah, we have Pennhurst Asylum, like, near me yeah you do yeah i'm not going there like i don't oh, care I if it is oh fuck I no wanna go, i want to go there with like a tour not like a no i want to go there I'm like, I, I love that kind of wanna... shit because i don't i don't believe in it so like i love it i know you don't <laughs> and it scares the shit out of me it makes me so nervous but here's the thing i don't believe it either i'm just scared like why <laughs> like for what I don't know. <laughs> like there's a there's a place in Iowa, um, the Velisca Axe Murders, and there's like a house oh, yeah. where they like do day tours, and then you can also schedule like an overnight sleep at the place, so you can like apparently experience the the ghosts that haunt it. But like the only reason I don't want to do it is because like it's a farmhouse and there's spiders. I'm sure. Oh yeah, and it's not. It's not air conditioned, <laughs> and you'd have to like bring your sleeping bags and like sleep on the the hardwood floor. Like oh, this does not sucks. sound like fun to me. Have but you other ever, than that, I would love to go there. Have you ever considered going to the Lizzie Borden house? I have thought about that. Yes, I've tried to. The waiting list to be like to stay in that room is like super long. I can imagine. Yeah, I've I want to do that, even though I just said that I wouldn't go to an asylum because <laughs> I'm scared for no so reason. Say, what's happening here? So You're listen, mixing your messages, I don't my friend. No. The one urban legend I know of in Omaha is there's a park called Hummel Park and that has like a stairway that's called the stairs to hell because it's reported that it's impossible to uh count the same number of steps going up and going down it. Oh, wow. Um, That's that disproved. sounds like people just can't count. <laughs> There's like 188 steps, so people probably just lose track. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, so that's like one of the urban legends around it. And the other one <laughs> is that there's like a group of albino cannibals that live there. Oh, that's like everyone's you know, one of those those as as one does in creepy places, I guess. Like, I think I think albino cannibals is pretty much like a a stereotypical urban legend around around the country but it's also like yeah. supposedly a hot spot for satanic ritual murders although there's been no evidence and like people have found bodies there but but they're probably dumped because it's like <laughs> sorry the, the way you said that was funny just so casually you're like there's been some bodies yeah they can't <laughs> like, they can't prove they the murders there. the satanic like, rituals there. but there so, are like, bodies I, but like so but it, it has like it has that kind of like urban legend vibe to it because of like all of the you know, the sightings and yeah. the stairs I love that. and everything. I, I laughed at first because, like, I just thought of, like, how the 
what was it stairs to hell right mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. i just thought like someone was probably with their friends and they were counting steps and then they lost track and their friends are like oh you can't count and he's like no it's impossible to count <laughs> and then, yeah. that's how the that's exactly relationship started yeah <laughs> <laughs> or they're going up and down and someone's like one two and someone else is like three ten nine seven and they're like oh my god did you Fine. just see that i lost count i lost count <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love yeah. that that's yeah, the only one ear- i know of my very irresponsible cousin also took us to find. <laughs> so, uh, do you guys know what Weird New Jersey is? Oh yes, I have Weird. I was. No. I had an entry in Weird Maryland. What? Oh yeah. Can I little... where can I see that? I have no idea. Well, listen. <laughs> uh, well, um, I used to read Weird New Jersey like all the time, specifically the haunted and like and urban legend. Just so everyone knows, they're books about. Like Weird Maryland, Weird New Jersey, written by someone, and it's like collects all of the states, like folklore and urban legends oh, wow. and cryptids yes. and stuff. Yeah, thank you. They don't have them for they don't have them for every state, but they got one called Weird US, which is really good. But there's Weird Maryland, Weird New Jersey, there's a couple others. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's not just all like scary stuff. It's like just yeah. weird shit around the country. But the yeah. one for New Jersey had like like Terry was saying. Um, cannibal albinos and my irresponsible cousin like took us quote unquote in search of them really she took us just behind yeah she took us behind like there's this place called clementon park near us it's like this shitty amusement park that i used to work at um and there's like a weird little road behind it with all these tiny houses she just took us there she was like now everybody stay in the car because if you get out of the car the cannibal albinos are going to come out and they have hockey sticks and they're going to get you. And I was like, oh, my oh. God, no, they have hockey yep. sticks. <laughs> what, what an odd murder weapon. I know. Like, what? Like, what are they going to do? Like, I mean, I guess beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't know. Yeah. So that was also here. But like you said, that probably is around the country. How many Coffin Rocks out of five do you give this, Terry? <sighs> um, <laughs> you know, I... I think I give it I think for its importance in in uh horror history I probably would give it a 4. My personal take would probably be a th- closer to a 3. I think it's okay. I think it's good. It just like I said it kind of made me ill this time watching it and um okay. I I honestly I would I do kind of wish there was that one jump out kind of scare moment in it but that said the ending i think the ending in the house is still absolutely effective um i anytime there is like someone facing the corner of the room now like except that's been kind of like it kind of freaks me out because i'm like why is he in the corner what is going on um so I, i think that from that aspect it's really good i just it kind of it kind of makes me sick to my stomach, so I don't know if I will probably watch it again, I, as much as I hate to say it. But what about you, Mary Beth? How many uh, Coffin Rocks out of five? Five Coffin Rocks out of five for me. I have talked at length about how much I love this movie. Um, I just think it's like really important marker for how the horror genre shifted, Absolutely. but also like gave a, a template for people to express fear after post, like post-9-11, too, because mm. found footage didn't really become that big again until after um the september 11th uh terrorist attacks and it's become like a much more prevalent thing now and i think it just gave us a really interesting template for storytelling and like the idea of constructing truth and i think it has such a fascinating impact both when it was first released and now and i also just think it's fucking terrifying like 
I just am terrified of that movie, and it probably doesn't help that I live in Maryland and went camping <laughs> in the woods my whole life. But like this movie, it will be one of like those movies that really did scare the absolute shit out of me. So five coffin rocks out of five. Dax, what do you have the final word? How many coffin rocks out of five do you give the Blair Witch Project? Uh, I also give it five out of five. I. <laughs> yeah, I, it did make me sick. It's literally sickening. Um, <laughs> but I just like, I love the imagery. I love the sound design. I think it's produced some of the most iconic imagery in horror history, if not film history yes. itself with, you know, the stick figure, you know, you couldn't go anywhere in the woods when you were a kid without seeing that stick figure. And then, you know, with, Heather, uh, her monologue that she gives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where she's like super up close. It's so effective and like sad and, you know, terrifying at the same time and just so heartfelt. You really feel like she is just like at the end of her rope and she feels like it's all her fault. Yeah. Which again, I don't think it was justice for Heather. And then, you know, I love how the movie it kind of explores like arrogance and like teenage arrogance, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. they feel like I, it, you almost get the sense when they're going through the town that they think they're smarter than everybody who lives there. I don't know where they're supposed oh, yes. to be from, but like it almost seems like they're coming from like, you know, my neck of the woods and going down there and being like, Oh, well, these are just hillbillies who believe some stupid story. And, um, you know, they're proven wrong. Well, it's like what yeah. it's one of the points where they say like you can't get lost in America now, and like yeah, they and do. It's, like, it's bitch, that arrogance. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't you have, even a have GPS, GPS on your phone yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Terry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love how it kind of um, explores that idea, but it also yeah. is still sympathetic towards them because you realize that they realize that they were wrong. And, um, I just, I just, it's so effective. It's so scary to this day. You're right. The end is so iconic and terrifying. And then the little handprints mm-hmm. on the wall. Ugh. Oh God. That's right. Cool. All right. You convinced me for four <laughs> out of five. I yes. will. Yes. Yeah. I will say though, I do think that the, mythos behind what was what was the guy's name it was like something russ Russ, uh um uh uh uh, did i just name that bear (laughs) uh russell was it russell parr rustin parr rustin parr Parr. yeah 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 Yeah, i think that's a little um say rasputin (laughs) we're like naming everything i was naming that like weird bear from the 80s or something (laughs) teddy ruxpin like what um but yeah i think the rustin parr story is a little underbaked and i think some of it seems uh a little like some some of the story is a little tenuous i guess you could say but even that doesn't do like it doesn't diminish anything for me i still would give it five out of five i think it's great and i think that it's definitely a horror staple that people are gonna enjoy for years and years but i think once they hit around the 30 year old mark then they're not gonna be able to watch it anymore because it's just gonna make them feel sick <laughs> that's my experience that was that's my truth right there 
<laughs> Thank you so much, Dax, for joining us to talk about uh, the Blair Witch Project. Where can our listeners find you? And do you have anything coming up you'd like to share? You can find me at Dax E. Bobbin. That's D-A-X-E-B-A-B-E-N on Twitter. I really don't have any other social media. I don't really have anything coming up. Uh, just, you know, whatever I decide to give to you for <laughs> Pride Month. Um, sorry again. And other than that, you know, I'm just I'm trying to write when I can. Um, yeah. I'm so busy with school. Like I'm still um, trying to finish school. And, uh, you know, also the world is ending. So my brain is kind of. <laughs> Yeah, it's valid. Yeah, it's been totally so valid. hard for me. You you both yeah. probably understand. I mean, I I truly don't know how either one of you like I look at how much you guys push out all the time, like how much content you're always writing, always like promoting things, always like um you always have fresh content like on your website, Terry, and then uh, Mary Beth, I always see you have stuff for Nightmare on Film Street. I'm just like, how do they do this? Because you both <laughs> work. I know that you do. I have no life. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't do a lot of other things because I just watch horror movies and write. But don't you, like, I, I get so I like. tired, like, just from working like my brain oh, it's exhausting mm. especially now i've had a harder and we've talked about this before but i've i mean i've been struggling with the writing process um see. every day every day is a new struggle with the writing process so and it's like, not just me no no oh absolutely i was supposed not. to have my shirley just, review done two weeks ago and it's not i haven't even started it so <laughs> like exactly oh, like, you're I just busy to... like doing another fundraiser and like <laughs> like get out of here <laughs> I know. That takes Easier no effort yourself. for me. It's everyone else contributing that's, like, helping me out. It's like, uh, it takes no effort to, like, you know, change the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right. Back on track. Sorry. I'm just so <laughs> impressed by both of you. Like, honestly. Oh, and I'm so, you. like, happy to be here because, like, I don't write a lot. And I don't really, like, have any projects to promote or anything. But, like, I've always, like, wanted to be on your show. I listened to it, like I was telling you before. And I just love you both. I'm so glad, like, to have you both in my life. Like, um, like I just, like, like it's right. Like, Terry, like, the other day, you don't have to put this, like, in the podcast. I just want to say, like, you know, like, the other day, I was, like, in a very bad way when I contacted Terry. And just, I... I'm so thankful to have both of you where I can reach out and I consider you both my mentors and I consider you my friends, even though we don't really know each other. But um, that's what this podcast is for, though, to get to know people. Yeah. I just like, just thank you. Well, that's all. Dax. I really oh, super appreciate both of you. You're making wow. me cry, dude. Thank you so much. I appreciate you a lot. Yeah. Oh. Thanks. I um, didn't do nothing. I'm just dumb on the internet. Aren't we all, though? <laughs> like, aren't we all just fucking dumb just on the like, internet? It's regular basis um, around here for me. Yeah. But... Um, okay. So, <laughs> listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. What was your experience with the Blair Witch Project? Are you a lover or are you a hater? We want to know. So you can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow the podcast on Twitter at scarredpodcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Emmy McAndrews. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm at Gilly Dreadful. Like I said, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Mary doesn't know how to do the end because it's <laughs> only been 30-something episodes and she just keeps winging it for fun. 
That's a new part of the, that's a new part of the outro, by the way. I think Please. that was the end. <laughs> Please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, you Stay just, safe out there. You just admit all your flaws and then just leave it to the listener <laughs> yeah. to like do something oh, yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you to everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. <laughs> but most importantly, stay creepy. Until <laughs> next time. I broke Terry. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>